Charlotte Soccer Show. We're at the People's Market in Elizabeth, Danny Brands. I'm so pumped to be back on the show. It's a Wednesday early evening on the back end of happy hour here. And it's great to see you and it's great to have a beer as well. How long has it been since we've done this, Johnny? I, uh, I don't know, but we're at the People's Market because we're for the people. And the people have been clamoring for an episode for us to get on and talk. I was at a holiday party recently. Uh, and there were some TIFOs there. There were some tremendous friends of the show who said, hey, are you guys taking a break? Are you, are you off for the rest of the year? Are we going to get an episode before the end of the year? And I said, hey, sit tight. Enjoy your holiday. We're working on a few things. <laughs> it, it's, it's so nice to be back. And by the way, we're in the midst of a, a World Cup. So it's not like we've been doing no content, Danny Brams, because World Cup banter on our YouTube page has has been an awesome outlet, a new outlet for us. You can follow us on YouTube. Just search Charlotte Soccer Show. Subscribe to our channel there. Uh, we'll get into the, some World Cup talk, Danny Rams, but I'm hosting this show, which means we're talking <laughs> Charlotte FC. It's back to the main. It's back to uh, the, the good vibes of uh, what, we're, what brought us together to create this show originally. Yeah, the, I will say, subscribe to the YouTube page. It's been a lot of fun talking World Cup. The cup is almost over. We're gonna we're gonna continue the transition into Premier League banter on the weekends. We're gonna be posting videos there with Geslin. Uh, you and I we're, we're gonna be doing some interview content with some people who can't make it out for a night of drinks with us, but they want to talk to us. Uh, I've got a couple people lined up that want to come talk about the first season into the second season. That'll be on the YouTube page. So give us a subscription there for sure. If you subscribe to the podcast, you got to subscribe to the YouTube page at this point. There's no doubt about that. And. One thing that we'd like to subscribe to is the MLS <laughs> schedule release. Oh, where is it? Is there a notification that we're going to get on our phones here there soon? Was, there was big rumors. The whole the the MLS hardcore community was waiting with bated breath all day yesterday for this schedule to drop, and we'll talk a little bit about why in a second. But uh, it didn't drop, and now the meme wars are flaming. If you go on Twitter and search MLS schedule, it's just meme after meme after MLS win schedule, where's my where's my schedule, drop it, release it, you cowards, all that is going on. I'm hoping that Charlotte FC draws Portland on the road, didn't get to play the Timbers, and I'm, I'm going to tell you about a connection between Charlotte FC yeah. and the Portland Timbers this offseason, both clubs, in my opinion, two of the more ambitious squads this offseason, obviously, Matt Geslin, the co-host of World Cup Banter, with you and Premier League Banter. He's out in Portland. The idea is to get out there and do a live show right. after a Portland Yeah, get him Charlotte back on the match. mic with some Portland beers. We, uh, we need to play Portland for a couple of reasons, personal and professional, as you're alluding to. And, you know, like I said, the, part of the reason, we probably would have done an episode earlier this week, but we were waiting for a few things to become official. We thought the schedule would be out. It's still not out yet. Oh, is there we, something else that's, we that's happening? We thought that Charlotte would have a huge new signing to announce. They have not announced it yet. But we, we had to get on the mics to talk about what is essentially about to happen. Here's the deal, Danny Brams. Enzo Copetti. If you're a Charlotte FC fan, if you're a supporter of this club, get to know the name. Because on MLS.com, when I see Tom Bogert have a story... Tommy Scoops. ...from a source that says Charlotte FC reaches a verbal agreement to sign Enzo Capetti. That means to me that mm -hmm. this deal is done mm -hmm. and it would have to fall through right. in order for, for Enzo Capetti I, not to be uh, for the crown next year. I don't know where we rate this deal on the Ma the Darwin Machi scale <laughs> you know, of, in terms of being done and thinking it was about to happen and then it fell through at the last second. That one fell through for some weird reasons. Enzo is an injured, he did have an injury in his most recent game played in Argentina. That is a concern. 
but no one thought it was like super long-term damage. And so I, they're going to check him out, get him a medical clearance for this trade to happen with the knowledge that he, he did take a little bit of an injury, but he should be fine for season to begin. And once that medical is, is cleared out of the way, I think it'll become official. We'll get an announcement. Who, who knows? Do you think that there will be a... Because this... Enzo Capetti, uh, just, you know, we kind of skipped over some of the details in terms of he's going to be coming from the Argentinian League, goal scorer extraordinaire for Racing Club in Argentina, who was who won the... Uh, won a title this year, last year in Argentina, the top of the league. Right. And so this, and he's one of their main guys, starts every game. So, like, this is a major, major signing that's going to become, that's why we're so excited about it. This will be a club record signing, I believe. We, I, I believe the fee will be more than what we paid for Carroll. And so, does it lead to a big event? Like, we saw that you attended last year the sort of welcoming of this new player in a big way inside of the stadium. So, Tom Boger also had in his report. Uh, the deal would be around six million dollars if it gets done. And Carol's it, five. It's it's pending a medical and final details before being officially completed. Just like we were waiting yeah. around for the Latanzio contract to get signed, yeah. we're, we're all of a sudden waiting around for Copetti to get uh, pen to paper as well. I, I don't like the fact that both the manager and now the new potential star striker has taken time to sign the contract. What's what's the issue here? It's, it's dotting I's and, and crossing T's, you know. It's making sure the medical's good. It's making sure... I'm going to rate it... I asked the question earlier, and I'm going to answer my own question. I'm going to rate this at about an 8.5 on the Machi scale. Is, is where I feel we're at with this. I'm just and glad I, that we could get Darwin Machi's <laughs> mentioned on this show again. And maybe... It um, won't be for the last time. You never know. I have some further evidence. There's further evidence, which was uh, Enzo posting on all types of social media last week. Uh, sort of his goodbye to Ross and Club. You've been was, doing some social media yeah, digging. He was posting pictures of the stadium with like hearts and like waving goodbye emojis and like I'll miss you and posting all these like we did all these great things together posting pictures of his teammates. So like Enzo Copetti's been active on social media in in sort of a saying goodbye to Argentina thing. So he certainly thinks that he's coming here to play for Charlotte in the MLS, no doubt. This is a big deal. You can follow us on Twitter. Remember, if you listen to the podcast, you might as well join the conversation on social as well at for the crown, baby. Uh, there was a tweet thread that you could you could see from me recently. Yeah, you dug in deep. You I, put I, the, your sofa score hat on and got I, busy. I, I certainly did. And the reason why is because Danny Brands, we're not going to try to convince you why this this signing could be game changing. I think ultimately we want to give you perspective. And the reason why I brought up Portland, the reason why I think Charlotte FC and Portland are in the same boat this offseason is because both teams missed the playoffs. Yeah. Both teams, you could argue that Charlotte FC met expectations, but remember the goal was to make the playoffs. Right. Portland Timbers, that's a that's a strong organi- organization. Always yeah. the goal. Right. To make the playoffs. And, and both clubs were clearly not happy with the yeah. results in the 2022. And Portland was poised at the end of last season to get there. They were right on the doorstep and kind of faltered, and they, they lost a few games and drew a few games late. They, they cost them. So the Timbers sign a Brazilian midfielder Evander for a club record deal, and he, he's going to be a massive signing. I think I would yeah. argue he is the top signing so far this offseason. Sure. If you're an MLS fan but you don't follow, and you might maybe say, if you're out there listening right now and you're, you like MLS, you love Charlotte FC, and you're a Premier League fan, that's... That's a pretty typical profile of a, of a lot of our listeners, I think, and that's great. You know, that's what 
but we want to give you some info here as me as as someone who follows like the Danish league where this guy Evander is coming from and he's played in the Champions League you've watched Evander play in the Champions League for FC Michland like this guy is legit good ass box to box midfielder who has been dominating the Danish league and is going to come in and dominate MLS he's very good he's he's going to bring make Portland right away an instant Western Conference uh, title contender uh, once again. It'll get them right back where they were before uh, in the last couple of years. If there's a club in the MLS that I'd like Charlotte FC to kind of model its franchise after, I think Portland Timbers would be the very near top of that list. Yeah. And I like that. ultimately, I think what Charlotte FC do, is doing with Enzo Copetti, Charlotte FC has made the second most impactful signing yes, this offseason. And I think ultimately, by the end of next season, you could argue that Capetti could have been the biggest game changer uh, in, sure. in MLS to start the next on, year. But, but remember, on the paper, deal- it's Evander is the most biggest signing offseason of any club, and Copetti's two in the whole league. I agree with that for sure. But also, I, I will say that there is a report as well here um, that says <laughs> there could be a new number one Inter Miami close to MLS record deal with Lionel Messi. <laughs> Man, just as, as another again, as someone who watches global soccer, let me just put out there that the Messi signing would surpass the Evander signing were it to happen. That's sure. the type of uh, expertise you're going to get here on the, the Charlotte Soccer Show. So um, I, I mentioned that tweet thread, and um, what I would encourage our listeners to do is go to sofascore.com and check out Enzo Competti's heat map. Uh, last season, I think ultimately this is the type of player, Danny Brams, whose impact will be felt all over the pitch. When you look at Kyle Swiderski's heat map as well, it is eerily similar except for one thing, is that both players are, are all over the pitch, but Capetti has tendency to be more so on the left side with Kyle Swiderski on the right, and the reason for that is is because Carol, as we know, is a left-footed striker. Capetti is a right-footed striker. Both players really love to cut inside yeah. to their favorable foot and yeah. score goals. Curl it up there where the spiders live. Exactly right. Capetti scored five of his 11 goals with that right foot. Also scored five goals with his head. So Derski only had one headed goal. That's Yeah. So we're, so we're adding an aerial threat. Right. Danny Rios is, what, is our aerial threat. Yeah. But Capetti becomes more of an aerial threat in the box with these two playing together. So Swiderski, 8 of 10 goals mm-hmm. with his left foot. So the reason why I'm, I'm bringing this to the table is because Capetti, to me, is the next big-time signing for this club. It was Carol Swiderski, number one, and now it's Enzo Capetti, number two. In 25 appearances right. last him. year, Capetti started all of those games, Danny Brands, and played an average club. of 86 minutes. Right, for a first-place club. Like, he was the number one scoring threat he was the focal point of the offense that won the league. They, they finished second. I think in that tournament, but there's a, there's another tournament that ran like earlier in the year that they gotcha. actually finished first. That's, I'm yeah. thinking about the Argentine Premier Division. Yeah. there's. They, I, I'm not a super, super expert on how all the leagues work in Argentina, but there are a couple different tournaments, and, and they split the season up in halves. So I think Racing Rossing won. The reason they were playing in that uh, special game that Latanzio went to go scout that we've talked about. Yes. Rossi won the first half of the season and they got they got second in the second half. So they were like in a cup, cup winner's cup type of situation or whatever. But yeah, uh, it's great. It's a really quality squad regardless. That's what we can say. And so it's not like we're getting like the best player on a bad team is what I'm trying to point out. And, and so like this is a guy who's coming in here 
to do business. And he's in the prime of his age. Is he 26, 27, I 26. think? 26. So it's like, this is like, this is a dream scenario of like a guy who's just could have gone to Europe, had you know had his eyes on the Italian league. He spurned the Italian league to come to Charlotte FC. I mean, how great is that? To know that people are out there that care more about Charlotte FC than the Italian professional league and want to be involved with our club. We don't always get that. There's people that, that claim to love this club and actually prefer Italian soccer to Charlotte FC. And I, you know, I'm glad that our players are not in that same boat. You know, there's two people that I want to give credit to, Danny Brams, but I'm kind of um, hesitant to do so because the deal's not officially done. Right. It's not a signing as of just yet. So on this next episode, when, you, when we're back and, and doing another episode this offseason, um, ultimately, I'll be happy to give those people credit at that point. Okay. But not on, not on today's. Well, audience. let me say this. Let me, because we're going to talk a little more about Capetti and how he relates to Danny Rios and whatnot when we get to some listener questions. I've seen some previews of that. But you also mentioned a pretty big name, and we almost kind of just blew over it, but Lionel Messi might be in MLS next year. This guy is about to play a World Cup final in uh, later this weekend, and he may go from winning his first ever World Cup to coming to play in Major League Soccer, like right out, right off the heels of that, or you know later this summer. He might be a summer transfer, who knows? But like, can you imagine seeing freaking Messi, whether he wins the World Cup or not? Like, just watching him play in this cup has been amazing. Get, t- Messi to MLS is it real? Is it, am I dreaming? To me, it feels questionable. I would be surprised if I saw him in MLS next season. I okay. think I think there's a couple reasons why I feel that way, um, and I'll start with Inter Miami being somewhat of a fake franchise. It's a brand, not a club. I mean, you're the one that put me <laughs> yeah, on to that, yeah, yeah. Danny. So let's start there. And while Inter Miami can act like they've got the funds and the ambition to to sign what some people call the greatest player of all time. I I have my doubts that that's actually a feasible proposition considering the money that other clubs would spend to have him messy, that is, um, as part of their organization. And I think ultimately this comes down to a numbers game. I think Messi is not going to make a decision for himself and his family from a lifestyle point of view, I think he's thinking more big picture. He's above that. That he wants to create right. more than generational it's, wealth for his family. It's not about, oh, I get to live in Miami. He can live anywhere he wants on, on the globe. It doesn't, it's not about that anymore. You're right. He's, it's, when you talk about levels, he's like several <laughs> levels ahead of everything else that you would consider in a typical free agent signing. I agree with that. I also think, though, that even though there are other clubs in MLS, if he was going to come to MLS, why Miami? They suck. They're, you know, they barely made the playoffs. Their their project still seems a, a little ways off. First off, he would obviously supercharge that project, and you know things could things can flip on a dime in MLS, as we know. But Beckham, as the as the glamour owner, and I, I, Beckham's the only owner I know of in this league. Even though there's some rich guys owning teams, including our are own you, are David talk- Tepper. Are you talking about David Beckham, the ambassador? Uh- uh, t- <laughs> yeah, uh, to Qatar yeah. for, for the got, UK. He's got some extra cash thanks to his uh, sellout move, going becoming an ambassador for Qatar for sure. Uh, but I feel like Beckham's the only owner that would like pull money out of his own pocket and say, "F it, fuck this, we're getting messy, I don't care," and just like slam, just like pull his cock out on the table and slam it down and just be like, you know, like uh, 
Like, we're getting this guy. I don't care if New York gets, uh, New York City is a better destination for him. We're getting him. So, we'll see. Seeing Messi, seeing Messi play uh, at Yankee Stadium would be a travesty. <laughs> seeing <laughs> Messi play at Inter Miami's like high school field yeah. would be a travesty as well. Right. In Flamingo Pink, amazing. It, it just doesn't sit right with me. I think ultimately, Messi will finish out the season with PSG, and then it'll be the summer right. of of Messi. Whether Why he comes he, into the league yeah, mid season, yeah, yeah, to get the right. job win done. Win Messi, hashtag Win Messi for sure. He's not gonna like PSG is gonna win another title, so he's not gonna like he's not gonna bounce three months early and skip out on winning more hardware for his title, uh, the trophy case for sure. That's a good point. We're, we're gonna get into more messy chatter on the show. Uh, the World Cup final, it's set. It's it's France. It's Argentina. Uh, it is a massive game on Sunday, Sunday morning. I think the, the match starts at 10 a.m. Eastern time. It's on kinda, Sunday morning, it's leading into NFL is going to have its own solo window right. in the United States. This 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 game is going to be huge. It's going to be massive. The uh, it's the two teams people would have picked. You know, like if you would have said before the tournament, who does Fox want to see in this final? If they couldn't get the United States, they would have taken any two of Brazil, Argentina, France, and they would have leaned toward Argentina and France because the storyline is amazing. Uh, Mbappe. He's actually gone quiet the last couple of games in the cup, as far as I've I've, I've read. Well, like, unless you uh, watched him today, just dance in the box. Uh, the, the the goal created the second goal that was was all created by Killian. And really? Bobby. Okay. Okay. Yes. So it's, he's not being shut down totally, but he hasn't scored the last couple of games. Right. But like Mbappe and Messi, club teammates. You know, they play on they they play on PSG together. Now they're facing off against each other as the you know the talismans for their respective nations for a World Cup title. It's absolutely you couldn't write a better storyline in, in soccer in world football for sure. Like it's it's absolutely insane. And I picked Messi before the start of the tournament. I picked Argentina. And I know I, we talked about this before we turned uh, the recording on, John. You don't just all automatically stick with your your earlier pick. You have to have the flexibility to change if you've seen different. But I, at this point, I'm going to stick with Messi. I just think France, 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 France could win three nil. Argentina will win, win a one nil. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Like it's it's going to depend on how the game goes. But like in a typical sort of cagey final, teams not want to make mistakes. I see Argentina prevail in that situation. To me, uh, there's one key to this match, and, and I'll tell you in a little bit. I'll make sure that that you know, I, don't I know, tease me, yeah, bro. Yeah, don't yeah, tease I, me. I, 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 know, I know that you haven't been watching these last couple matches, and we'll get into that as well. Talk about why it's it's been a sure. controversial World Cup, right? To say the least. For twelve years it has been, yeah. Since Seth Blatter opened that envelope, it's been controversial. As we're here at People's Market and Elizabeth, it's great for to be the back. people. We are here for the people, and the reason why is because Danny Brent. I'm just so excited to be back in Elizabeth, mm-hmm. and I'm looking out the the garage door windows here. I'm seeing that platform, that gold line that we that we right. wait for on match right. days. We'll be cooking right. there here soon. Right. It's, the hair on my back of my neck is kind of standing up, just like, where's the gold line? You know, can we get to the stadium, please? Can we get to hooligans in the quarter for sure? By the way, what what do you? I, I sense you going to wrap up a segment and tease a second segment coming here, but I just want to say, what we forgot one of the most basic tenets of the podcast. What I are you drinking? I, I, what are you drinking? The reason why I realized this halfway through the segment, we're rusty, is because. Um, I smelled the dankness of your beer <laughs> from across the table. Uh, I like that. 
I like that. I, I've got the Devil's Logic, of course, another Elizabeth favorite. Of course. The Pilsner from Devil's Logic. It's great. Great way to start an episode with a Pilsner. Not too not too fast, not too slow. You know, get, get you going in the right direction always. Uh, I, we love Devil's Logic. I went with, so as soon as we got here, first thing I did was I downed a... a Birdsong Brewery Lazy Bird. I was just like, give me a Lazy Bird. I, it's cold out. It's rainy. It just took me an hour to drop to make what's usually a 20-minute drive to get over here to People's Market. Yikes. Uh, in the rain in Charlotte. I saw multiple ambulances and car wrecks along the way. It was very ominous. So give me a Lazy Bird. I need a, I need a brown ale to just like brown ale my life. But then I, of course, had to go back to one of my beers of the season, which beers of the season... <laughs> Beers of the season is real. I have a, I, by the way, I have a little spoiler alert. Anybody who's wondering, wondering, like, where is your Beers of the Season episode that you guys always talk about doing and whatnot? For me, I got a little, a little plot twist. They're all the Beers of the Season, baby. Every <laughs> beer that I've fucking drank this year has been one of the Beers of the Season. Are you kidding me? It's not factually uh, wrong. So, uh, anyway, I'm drinking a Lightning Drops, a uh, Wrestling Culture Lightning Drops. We had a great time with this brew. Back in our Zero Folks Given, Zero Fukes Given episode, which uh, was one of the episodes that got us in trouble a little bit this year, if we're, if we're looking back here at the end of the, of the season. But uh, we drank a bunch of No Fukes Givens, but I also had a few lightning drops that day, and so I saw it on the menu here at People's Market, had to throw back to it. It's a Northeast double IPA slammer. I think it's a 7 ABV. It's just like, get in, son. Get, you know, let's go. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. You can follow me on Twitter at John Hayes on Air. You can follow Danny Brams as well at Danny Brams. And you can follow the show at For the Crown Baby. Back on the other side, we're going to answer your listener questions. We're going to get uh, more into the World Cup final. Talk about some, some off field controversy as well. Uh, a couple other topics that we have. Can we, can we yell at MLS a little bit more about the schedule not being out yet? Hey, I, I asked the VP of Communications what the deal was. Right. He, he's ghosting me. Was it at, at AMA or what? <laughs> and by the way, the Super Draft is is next week. And today, uh, Wednesday the 14th, a year ago, Charlotte FC drafted some players as well. So it's, it's fun to think that 12 months right. have, have gone by. Some beloved players. Some players that are already part of the, the fabric of the club. Exactly. So... Um, the, the final topic, a uh, couple topics actually, Apple TV, the launch is, is coming soon. Going to get your thoughts on that. Um, I saw a lot of discourse in the Charlotte FC community today about whether this deal is actually good for the league or not. I've got a good opinion on that. I know you do as well. And then the Copa America, there's, there's speculation about the United States playing in the Copa America in 2024. This will be two years before the World Cup. This would be a huge deal for American soccer and uh, what the calendar looks like post-World Cup exit in Qatar. I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. We're back after this. All right, we're back. Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. Here at the People's Market. Still for the people. Elizabeth and... There's more people. It's filling it, out in here. This it is. is. This is a neighborhood spot. Elizabeth, you, as you know, and I've got huge news. Breaking news. That's what we do. Hooligans Elizabeth has opened its doors once more. It's back. It's back. They had a packed house for yeah. England-France. 
They had a packed house for USA matches here on Elizabeth Avenue as well. Incredible. It's, it's I, the I best. thought it would never come back. I thought, I thought Hooligans Elizabeth was just a dream. It was just a, just, a, just a magical dream that we lived that maybe it, it, didn't, it wasn't even real. I wasn't even sure. I hope to get back there and record an episode here soon. Got to. Uh, so I, I No choice make, but to. I want to give a shout-out to Abby, uh, someone that, that we know and love on this show. Um, hope she's listening to the show. If she's not, I'll, I'll, we'll reach out separately and say uh, her fight over the last six months throughout this inaugural season with Charlotte FC, I think, is is one of uh, the most touching stories you'll hear. Um, give a shout out to my to my buddy Brandon as well, and um, I actually think that they would be unbelievable podcast guests on the show. Well said, yeah. Just to talk about running hooligans, right? You know, having a the soul of soccer in the city, as we said, right? And and having a big idea to open the bar, then all of a sudden getting hit with the reality of life. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to get into that on the show today, but I just want to give a special shout-out to those two yeah. uh, for being two of the most real ones here in the QC. What we wanted to do on the back end of the break is get into our tremendous friends of the show and their questions, Danny Brams. Right. I put out the bat signal today, and all of a sudden, you know, what the, you know what the bat signal is? It's the outline of the letters on this cap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the CLTFC logo, yeah, with the L incorporated across that C. I love that logo. That When you see that it's logo great. in the sky, that's they when you know. They call it the secondary, but it, it maybe should be the main. I don't know. I, mean, I love the crest. Um, no, the crest is number one. This is secondary yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it's but a nice one. But when I'll you see that secondary logo shining uh, here, light in the night sky, that's when you know to send in a question. Here's what I know. When I see you wearing that hat, that gray flat brim with the CLTFC secondary logo, I know it's time to freaking talk some Charlotte soccer on this podcast. Hey, you, sure. You've got a new um, zip-up hoodie here new as well. Gear. It, it, it's cold. It's cold out there, and I lost. I famously have told the story of losing my favorite hoodie during an episode of the show. Yeah, it's time for replacement. So, so I had to get a new one, so I got a nice gray hoodie, zip-up, full zip, pockets, Charlotte FC crest on the breast. It's what it's all about. And uh, Looks good. This was a little treat for myself for my birthday last month. What did you get me, Nothing. listener? Nothing. <laughs> I didn't get you anything either. Happy belated, Danny Brams. Thank on the you podcast. very much. Extremely belated, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, here we go. Um, well, let me just say, a lot of shows, when it comes to like listener questions, they're like, blah, 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 hour of of bullshit and then oh let's throw in a few listener questions we're moving them up we're, we're doing listener questions at the top of the second segment because we it's important JPP it's great to hear from you can't wait to see you at the keep again Merry Christmas JPP Merry Christmas uh, to you and yours uh, his first question I think is is a good one what positions are you nervous or unsure about going into 2023 okay so here I, I'm not really nervous about a position I know the obvious answer would be left back because we don't really have a real left back I know you're I know exactly why you Johnny Hayes are not not nervous about left back whatsoever I but I'm just gonna if you asked if you asked uh, you know Joe Moron who like sort of follows Charlotte FC on the surface obviously they're gonna say left back is the position here's what I'm nervous about though JPP because I know you're a real one and I like to think of myself as a real one I'm not nervous about a particular position. What I'm nervous about is the mix. The mix is what I'm nervous about because you got Swiderski, who's a, a center forward slash not really a striker, not really a, a, a creative attacking mid, somewhere in between those two. You got Copetti coming in. Where Nuno Santos is, he's not really a winger, so he's got to be central as well. So you got three guys. 
they need to play you know almost in a line in front of each other and, and so that doesn't work in terms of with Bronico and Jones as the double pivot that works so well at the end of last season who are your wingers it's the mix it's like do we change a formation is Latanzio going to be open-minded enough is Nuno Santos going to be a high-profile signing that is relegated to a super sub role it's the mix that I'm worried about if, if Nuno Santos is the guy that is on the outside looking in because we have too much talent up top to get him in the lineup and we need Ronnie Bro and Derek Jones as Which a double do. pivot in the back, that's a very, very good problem to have. All right, fair enough. That's a very, very good problem to have. So to, to, to be fair, though, like Adam Armour is the guy at left back. Right. But because he's such an unknown, it's almost like I have to remind people that uh, – he scored the first goal in club history. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, like in one of the biggest I, matches in club I, history I, I, at Atlanta. Yeah, he comes onto the pitch and wins a header in the box. Right. By the way, he's not a tall guy. Right, rises above everyone. Yeah. No, no, I can say a lot more, but I know there's more Adam Armour talk uh, ahead in future questions. So, Elevation Jones. Always a pleasure to hear from from Elevation Jones. Elevation Jones, what the best soccer dad out there? By the way, he's got he's got a youngster that is balling out. In the Independence Academy uh, world right now, so good for good for you, uh, little Paul. This is uh, a question that's directed for you. Hit me. Can Copetti be our Driussi in terms of impact in year two? Hundred percent. He he almost fits that. That's a perfect question from a brilliant soccer mind, Elevation Jones. Uh, that's why you're a Tifos. That's why we put you uh, in these in these segments is because your questions are always sharp and. You nailed it. He he will have he will have that impact because what Drewsy does is make it so much easier for everyone else to play. He doesn't take the free kicks, but he scores on the end of free kicks, and he almost always finds a way to make an impact. Like if he hasn't scored or assisted a goal 75 minutes into the game, you can rest assured he's going to be like, okay, I need to go either score or assist a goal. It's like it's that sort of that that uh, that intangible. Uh, situation of just, I need to make an impact on this game that Driussi brings to Austin that Copetti will definitely bring to Charlotte FC. That's what separates um, the good players from the great players. Right. To know when it's their time to get on the ball and take over right. because nobody else on the squad is willing to do that right. and sometimes exactly. you've got to be the guy. Give me the ball. Exactly. exactly. And, and one thing I'll give credit to Kyle Swiderski for and the reason why He's I like that him same type of guy. is because he is also that type of player that, mm-hmm. that wants the ball in certain situations. And now we have two of them up top making shit happen. This show's for the people and one of our best people that we've met, Michael Volak, his question, which by the way, you had a, a holiday party? It with, was hosted with, by Volak, yeah. With Michael and Jay? Yeah, exactly, yeah. They hosted a great holiday party over there. I heard you got pretty tuned up at the house. Uh, we were sipping bourbon for sure. <laughs> so uh, Volak hosted and made a great, smoked a great pork butt. Thank you, Michael, for that. Uh, there was a brilliant, there was an absolutely brilliant, like, spinach, almond, and apple salad that blew my absolute freaking mind with the vinaigrette that was on it as well. That's a good stuff. Uh, mac and cheese was solid. A great holiday party, and we started, we got to sip in some bourbon, and uh, uh, Volax buddy Eddie, I believe is his name, he brought the good stuff, and we were drinking Colonel E.H. Hatton, and I, I was drinking bourbons that tasted like Fireball, I was drinking bourbons that tasted like Caramel. It was the run the whole damn gamut from sweet to hot, and uh, I was able to uh, enjoy my night. Yeah, it put me in the Christmas spirit. Let's put it that way. His question is, if the squad can get younger and faster at left back, will they ever play a more attacking style with their backs 
or is that not a tactical CL uh, implement? Not a tactic CL implement. So, Excuse me. So, first of all, I just want to address like younger and faster at left back. I think that's a. Um, I think that's overlooking Adam Armour. We are young and fast at left back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I think the second question though is a really good one here, and that is. Will a left back or a right back ever play in a more attacking style under Christian Latanzio? For I would say you, no one's better qualified to talk about Adam Armour than you. And yes, we are. If he does, I think moving him into the starting lineup is getting younger and faster for sure because we don't know if he's going to start. But to answer that second part, I just think like. Right, what Latanzio has not shown flexibility. The, the only thing I'll he say is he has not shown flexibility. No, I, I, I don't. I don't. He's wanna, shown experimentation. I don't want to. I don't want to disagree with you on the flexibility uh, comment because I, I, I do agree that there is. We had so many conversations on this on this podcast about a, a, a side that wasn't changed, right? Which means not being flexible. That being said, I think there was flexibility at the right back position. I, I think True. that Harrison Alfel. I think Nathan Byrne provided a front foot forward. Even Lindsay started a game, one game under Latanzio, I think. I think all those players at right back were able to get forward, especially Harrison Alfa. Yeah. And make but an they, impact in, in, in the final third, but not at the left back. Right. And they, yeah, it's almost like it comes from the right back and not the left back with, with CL style, which. Well, he's he can only manage the, the players that he has. Sure. And Joseph Mora right, didn't have the right. ability. And Fuchs was not going to do it either. It's yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lopsided back four. Yeah. And that was a problem. And that and that is something so, that this team's going to address. I'll give Latanzio Laddie, as he's known, a uh, a benefit of the doubt and say that he will find a way to make left back a more effective position for Charlotte FC in the attack one way or another to answer the question. Jay Forrest uh, tweets in a uh, quick question. This one's for you, Danny. Daniel Rios to Liga MX. Discuss. Do you think that Charlotte FC is going to offload? Daniel Rios? I mean, he doesn't really fit, right? Well, he fits as a backup striker. All I'm going to say is it makes a lot of sense to send him to League MX at this point. Um, The thing is, he might be a backup there, too. You'd have to send him to a bad League MX team. I just feel like... So we've got Copetti coming in, who basically is the Rios replacement. He's like a younger, faster version of Rios, essentially. He's maybe a little less strong. You may not, he may not ever earn the nickname the Bouncer, you know. But it might be time for the Bouncer to bounce, because we not only do we have Copetti coming in as the presumptive starter, there's also whispers. There's a lot of excitement in around uh, Bank of America Stadium offices and around the training ground. Uh, the, the name is starting to, to, to float on the wind a little bit here. Vinny Mello. Oh, Vinny Mello. You know. Hey, oh, don't don't sleep on Vinny Mello. This is a guy that, like, he's a youngster. I think he's 19 years old, Vinny Mello. Brazilian wonderkind who had major foot issues all of last year, had double surgeries. But the the talk, the, the one of the biggest stories of this whole Charlotte FC offseason before the Capetti signing was this little scrimmage that we had out there against uh, St. Louis FC, uh, MLS Next Pro Team, visited Charlotte's training. They, did, they had a behind-closed-door scrimmage, but we had some eyes behind those closed doors that told us Vinny Mello was doing some amazing things. So he, he, like, if Mello's healthy and his feet are right, 
he really slots into that sort of backup striker role, and all of a sudden Rios is, jumps, drops down a third on the depth chart, not through any fault of his own, but just because he got he got a signing coming over him, and he's a prospect moving in ahead of him as the backup, and it's like, where does he go? You know, so I, I think Liga MX, he's a, he is a Mexican, so like that would make sense. Other, there's more MLS teams. Sending him to St. Louis actually would not be the, the the dumbest thing because they need they need some talent. I don't I don't know. I I love the bouncer. I'd hate to see him go. But let me offer you a different perspective, right? And this is all about the cup because it's always for the cup in the U.S. Open Cup. The Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Danny Rios as the, as the starting striker. Sure. Sign me up for that. For sure. I think yeah. that we can make a cup run with right. him as the as the man. To play in that role, like Enzo Capetti, Kyle sure. Sudeikis, you don't, want, don't you worry don't, about yeah. playing in the cup. Right. We've got Danny Rios, and you don't you don't start Melo in the cup. You so you need you. That's well, where I, you would I, need. I would like yeah. to see Melo in the cup on the wings, on one of the two wings. Yeah, I don't. I mean, he's a dynamic player, so we don't know if he can really do the winger know, yeah. as opposed to striker. I, I'd like to think again. That these can. are whispers floating on the wind. If, if, here, if, if these if these yeah. whispers um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. are what I would hope they would be, it's that. He's not just someone who's a stand-up striker in the box. He's somebody that can that can move to the left or the right. Right. Way. We'll find out. But but Danny Rios plays that, and then there's another cup competition this year that Charlotte FC will be in for the first time. The League's Cup. Right. Exactly. We have extra matches against Liga MX. So maybe Danny Rios isn't going to right. Liga MX. Right. Maybe he's playing against what, Liga MX. <laughs> right. What if we sent him to Liga MX and then he ended up playing against us? In the I wouldn't League's like cup, that. But, but uh, no, what you're saying makes a lot of sense, and I'll say as a backup to, to, to strengthen what you're saying is that uh, Rios, by all intents and purposes, absolutely loves it here, loves the team, he's a great locker room guy, can probably accept the fact that Cope- he probably knows Copetti's better in his heart anyway, so like, if, he, if he's up for it, if he wants to be the veteran leader who comes in and makes an impact at, at key times, there's no one I'd rather have. He's, he's, he's in the fabric of this club. He scored four goals against fucking Philadelphia and fucking kept them in all, for, like, he kept Philadelphia from hosting MLS Cup uh, final, which if they had, if Philadelphia had beaten us in that game, they probably would have ended up hosting the final and they might have won the MLS Cup because they had to, it was hostile territory for them to go to LA. So thank, Daniel Rios affected who won the championship. In that quad goal game for Danny Rios, SofaScore had him as a 9.9 rating. And my only question is, what do you got to do to get right, a 10? Right, 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 right. The fifth goal is what it was needed to get that point uh, oh one 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 hundredth to get there? Fuck. Amadio, uh, your friend, uh, a fellow So Rare player. Amadio, great to have you. Hey. Always listening to the show. Big big time for So Rare. As... Good luck on your law school finals coming up, Amadio. It seems like Amadio is doing big things. He says, everybody is talking about Carroll and Capetti, but what do you think about our situation on the wings and what will they look like? Personally, I love Yordi and the technical ability he brings. Wow, that was a uh, quick fling. That, those two months where, where Reyna was playing unbelievably out of his mind. Great. Yeah. Uh, it feels like a, a, a quick fling with, a, with somebody and you barely know her name. Right, right. It started with a Y. That's all I can remember. <laughs> and he, uh, Shinya, Gaines, and, and Yuzviak, they can all put in a shift uh-huh. opposite. Um, you know who he forgot to mention? Kerwin Vargas. Right, right. It's all shit. And when you think about the fact that, that Jordi Reyna makes more money uh, on, a, on a monthly wage than all those other younger 
more dynamic or potentially more dynamic players that you mentioned going all the way down to Vargas, it's not looking good for Jordan to make any big impact. I, I would expect him to be moved out either before the season or in the midseason transfer window. I just I just don't see Jordi Reyna being a, as as much as much talent as he has. He just doesn't really seem to fit into this club's future. And and the fact and I know why Amadio likes him by the way uh, because he's a so rare player and I'm a so rare player. And so rare is a is a fantasy game where you sort of own a card of the player. Do you guys both if you own want to use card? them. So we're both Yordi Reyna owners. So that's why like it's in my best interest. It helps me in my fantasy gaming and gambling aspects if Yordi was to play. But I can objectively sit back and look at the landscape and say that it's not looking good for Yordi to, to make a huge impact for Charlotte FC in 2023. Next question, uh, Spurts guy, uh, he chimes in. By the way, as of this recording, uh, Tottenham back on the pitch in 12 days. Wow. On Boxing Day. Wow. They're, they're going to kick off the Premier League return against Who Brentford. needs Christmas when you got Boxing Day? Uh, he asks us, uh, do you think anyone on the current roster will end up spending most yeah. of the time playing for the next pro team? It's a good question. Uh, from my understanding, the only person that I would say on the quote unquote on the roster that will play big for next pro is Brian Romero. That's exactly right. who I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's too low of a level for even Armor. Armor's scored our first ever goal. He's Armor's not even twenty years old, so you can see it. But the MLS Next Pro has been described to me. Even I'm not an expert on watching a ton of MLS Next Pro. It's described to me as sort of like a in between college and USL, but closer to college, you know? So it's like, it's not really like a high level. Even sending Ben Bender there would almost be like an insult to him. Uh, you wouldn't send Jalen Lindsay there. He has way too much uh, time in this league. I could see Lindsay going to USL, unfortunately, but like next pro is just kind of like a little bit too low of a level for most of our guys. Uh, you know, shout out Chris Hagar, who did some training exercises over in Spain during this break. He was training with Mallorca in La Liga just to get some some uh, some seasoning over there, play you know play with better players. I thought that was really cool. It's not like he's going to go sign there or anything, but uh, Hagard I think is someone who can be a bench impact player for Charlotte FC or or go play for the Independents again. But MLS Next Pro, I just don't see any of our current guys other than Romero really featuring there. I've got one thought about someone that could potentially feature there besides Romero. George Marks. Oh yeah, I can see that for sure. Just to get some yeah. some time, the Clemson kid on the pitch, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, just to face some live fire, if you will, as a goalkeeper, no doubt. I can see that. Pablo Sissoniega still on the squad, right? I think, and I think Pablo has secured the number two spot. If not, if not pushing for maybe making Kalina sweat at the number one a little bit for sure. It, it's definitely going to be a battle in training camp, right. and as it should be. That's that's some advice to you, Amadio. Go buy a Sissoniega card. Don't just rely on your Kalina. <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's uh, it's a really good question. And um, uh, Hub likes Michael Hubbard uh, tweets in and says, uh, "What fixture are you most looking forward to next season? Does he have a copy of the schedule?" Right. I wish I knew. <laughs> I, I need MLS to tell me which fixture I'm looking forward to most season. We did mention the potential of going to Portland, which I think could happen. I think we'll play Portland. I don't know if it'll be home or away. I'd love to go out there. He says, for me, it's Chicago or Toronto for revenge reasons. Those matches hurt. Listen, we're going to play the Eastern Conference. We know that. Here, here. So so if you know the teams that you know that we're going to play, we're going to play everybody in the East. Of everybody in the East, which matchup are you looking it's, forward to most? It's probably Nashville. 
Nashville's so, in the west. But they're moving to the east because St. Louis is coming into the west. Oh. So Nashville moves to the east, yeah. I didn't realize so, that. So, yeah, we're guaranteed to play Nashville home and away. And I, th- I, th- I love driving to Nashville. I love driving through the Smoky Mountains. I love driving up to Asheville through Knoxville over to, to Nashville. I could totally see myself driving to go see a Nashville road trip. And uh, I think it's got to be that. You know, I obviously plan to go when we face Atlanta, depending on the timing. I would plan to go there and probably get those club that club package again that we got last season, which was absolutely amazing. I, I don't see anything wrong with doing that. But since I've done that before and Nashville would be new, they have the new stadium, Geodis, is a pretty cool, like, brand new soccer-specific stadium worth checking out. So I'm going to say Nashville, depending on, on when it happens. That's my one I'm looking forward to. For me, in the Eastern Conference, I'll say it's Inter-Miami because we might be playing Messi. Yeah. No, I don't know. I love it. I, I, I love it, that. It's, it's fun to see Miami come to town because yeah. anytime Miami comes to town, there's a little bit of swag that comes with right. them. Right. Because of the... Eric Krakow are very conflicted when Miami comes to town, you know. So it's... it's I enjoy yeah. uh, beating Miami. And of course, realistically, I'm a big fan of derbies. So Miami is, is fun for kind of a tongue-in-cheek messy reason. Mm-hmm. But realistically, I, I care about uh, one match and one match more than any. And it's Atlanta United. Sure. When Atlanta United comes to Charlotte, that's the match of the season for me. Ten times out of ten. We got to be doing the club, the club package though, right down at Mercedes Benz. Oh, we'll be back there. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. and, and we'll, yeah. And we'll yeah. make the, yeah, we'll, we'll travel again, and we'll be on, yeah. uh, we'll be pitch side to watch <laughs> the match. We should have a, we should have a Charlotte Soccer Show right. pitch side meetup. We could Live easily stream. take yeah. over that yes. entire yes. pitch side section. Right, it'd be way better than the uh, the package that was put together last year. So. Bridget McCall. Uh, she chimes in always. Uh, NC Tiger Girl. Yep, the big friend of the show. Now, this is kind of funny. I, I've talked to Bridget, and I asked her, are you a Clemson fan? Or, like, like what, you live in North Carolina, like Clemson, NC Tiger Girl? She said, no, it's about Tiger Woods. And I thought you would like that as a big, huge golf fan. She she devoted her script. She loves Tiger Woods, so she's the NC Tiger Girl, you know? She's not the first woman that's loved Tiger Woods. She asked us, um, with the newest acquisition and more to come, uh, I'm sure. Do you see any hurdles for Charlotte FC with bringing these very strong personalities into the club? Uh, do you see any clashes in alpha attitudes that could possibly affect the dynamics of the team currently? I mean, it's hey, an interesting question. Speaking of Tiger Woods and alpha <laughs> attitudes, <laughs> and let's go. To be honest, I do. I actually see it. It could be, and that's Latanzio's job, and that's 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 the job of the club managers and administration. Yes, Enzo Capetti is a Argentinian striker who's going to come in with all these expectations plus all these accomplishments. He's of course thinking he's going to come in with the alpha mode and he's going to score it all. Karol Swiderski, he just played in a World Cup. You know, he thinks he's the best player for sure. He's pissed off that someone got signed up for a higher uh, transfer fee than he did. You know, he's no longer the club record signing. He's pissed. You know, like you think Andre Shinyashiki's not a fucking alpha male? Like, of course. Like, I'm very worried that these personalities are going to go at each other and, and like push each other. But I, I choose to see the best aspect of that, which is, like I said, pushing each other and guys that like want to make each other better. And you can have a bunch of alpha males together if they all have the same goal and they're willing to work together to get it. And it's not necessarily about who gets the credit, but the fact that we all win together, then it can work. So we'll see how it works. It's up to Laddie. It's up to Latanzio and his crew, you know? And I'll follow that question up with a Queen's Pitch question. What's Queen's Pitch? I don't, I don't, 
I'm Queen's Pitch is a it's, it's a new account. Queen's that's Pitch been, is a new uh, account that just recently followed us, and it's a, it's like a it's like the women women focused version of like Charlotte FC fandom. Oh, we gotta get Rachel so, involved yeah. with that. Yeah, exactly. Tell, sign her up. Yeah, it's a group of like female fans of Charlotte FC who are like joining forces. They may start a podcast themselves. They, I was talking to a few people, a few of the ladies that are involved in that effort, and they're like, you know, they just want to show that. The women are here too. You know, Charlotte FC fandom can be a little bit of a male-dominated space for sure. You and I are both two dudes hosting this podcast. We're kind of doing our thing. We, I, I'm proud of the fact that we've had a few of the of the great women in this scene come in and be guests, from Kayla Burns Hefner to Jess Sharman. We'll probably do more, but like that's Queen's pitch. They they're, they're doing it for the ladies and the crown. Uh, the question is, what do you think is going to be Laddie's biggest hurdle to uh, overcome this upcoming season? It's, it's a speculative question, which I very much enjoy. I think it's going to be now that you're the guy, now that you have the job, how is that di- made? Di- are you different from interim to full time? Do you start acting different? Or do you run your training sessions different? His, his whole biggest challenge is going to be adapting from the interim role to the full time role and, and really putting his stamp on this club, which I think he kind of did in the interim role, I'll admit. But, like, it's just a little bit different. Every we, On this show, we every time we talked to him, we, we always made sure to say, interim manager, Christian Latanzio. He's not interim anymore. How is that going to be different? You know how? He gets the backing from David Tepper to sign somebody he wants, and Enzo Capetti. And he goes and competes for right. the Eastern Conference. Right. Who he personally title. scouted. Yeah, he flew to Argentina. He's going to get his guy. Yeah. And I think that is a very exciting thing if you're a Charlotte FC fan. You always want your manager connected to star yeah. players. Right. And now Christian Latanzio is going to have somebody that he scouted, that he wanted into the organization, that David Tepper is right. going to back him. Yeah. When, when, when ownership backs management, that's when clubs see yeah. success. Instead of having a bunch of MAR guys, we'll have a bunch of CL guys. We've got two more questions, and I want to make sure that we get to these. Um, Alex Ventura. Big Al. I thought this was a great question. Takes us out of the Charlotte FC um, conversation a little bit. Will the best United States players, American players, people that are born here in the United States or uh, eligible to play for the United States, Will the best players compete for MLS clubs in the future, or will they continue to play in the top five leagues in Europe? America has four years to prepare and improve before the next World Cup. America has to move beyond the round of 16 at the next World Cup to gain respect. All true. I think the answer is still playing in Europe. As much as I love MLS, as much as I freaking will go to the wall, go to the mattresses for MLS, I... I'm an MLS season ticket holder, and I will defend the entertainment value of this league against anyone. I will not try to lie and say that it's the highest level of soccer around the world. And if you look at our recent run, we had, even though we did end up on the wrong end of a tough scoreline against the Netherlands, we had a chance to win that game. Things didn't really go our way. It was, it was not our best performance, but we had a chance to win that game. And so... We can move past the round of 16 with a team that we have this this World Cup, which was almost all European-based. Look at uh, Japan. We talked about this on World Cup Banter Show. Look at what Japan has done with their national team. 
almost all of their starters are European based. They they just like in the United States, Japan pushed their guys out of the domestic league to go play in the best European leagues. It worked for them. It's working for us. We didn't get the best result we would have wanted, but to the, to maximize 26, what we're capable of, the MLS guys needs to be the supplements of our national team, not the core. Ash Hamrick uh, tweets in the final question: Will we get another signing who will has have as big of an impact as Enzo Capetti? I don't think so. I don't. Uh, you, a, no left, way. a left back can't do it. Now, this is it. Yeah. This right. this is the signing you, of the offseason. You called it the second biggest signing in the entire league of the offseason, pending what happens with Messi. So yeah, like it's not we're not like we're gonna go bigger than that. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brands. We're, we're, we're so happy to be here at People's Market in Elizabeth. Uh, first time for us here. Right, um, for the people. The, recording the show. Not first time for me. You know what, Rachel and I, before uh, match days, that if, if Danny Brams didn't meet us in Elizabeth and Rachel and I were coming over here, we'd come and have a pint here before hopping on that platform to get in the gold line instead of Big Ben. I kind of like this place better than Big Ben. I mean, Big Ben has the soccer theme, and you know they're going to at least have the soccer games on. But I'm going to be honest with you. Big Ben food menu leaves a little to be desired. <laughs> People's Market might have to be the new jam pregame. Well, if, if I were to if I were to rank the establishments here on Elizabeth Avenue, when you think about People's Market, when you think about Custom Shop, which is a fantastic restaurant two doors down from here, when you think about Big Ben, and when you think about Hooligans Elizabeth, those four establishments you can add Viva Chicken you can add the, sure, the, the right next door, yeah. you know you could add that as well I like Viva Chicken big fan of Viva Chicken here in Charlotte um, Big Ben is is way down on that list it's hurting and and we only bring that up not to talk trash but just to just to throw that gauntlet down and be great you know like there's no need to have a mediocre soccer bar sitting here in the middle of Elizabeth on the gold line we want them to be better than they are. Be great. All you have to do is walk into Hooligans Elizabeth to, to see how soccer should be shown right. at a bar. Right. So uh, it's the Charlotte Soccer Show at For the Crown Baby on Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube, Charlotte Soccer Show. There you're going to get a fresh episode of World Cup banter after the final on Sunday. It's We're going to wrap it all up. It's France and Argentina. We're going to talk about that match. We're going to give our predictions right. for the final. We're going to talk about. Um, a couple other topics on the agenda today. We've got one more quick segment for you here on the show. Don't go anywhere. Is the Copa America coming to, the, to, to North America here in 2024? I sure hope so. Charlotte's Hockey Show, back after this. All right, Danny Brams, we're back. Final segment, Charlotte Soccer Show. It's been a blast to be to be back on the mic with you, to get out in Charlotte on a on a Wednesday evening. For the people. For the people at the People's Market. Hashtag for the crown. You, you can always find us on Twitter at for the crown baby. Um, a couple things that we want to hit on before the show wraps up tonight. The Apple TV launch coming soon. This this new schedule is is going to be epic in that there's gonna be a lot of Saturday night games. And we're going to watch on Apple TV, which is which is great. The Super Draft is a week from tonight on December 21st. We think back to last year. Ben Bender, George Marks, um, Charlotte FC has the opportunity to potentially add someone to the organization next week. That's exciting. The Copa America. Is the Copa America coming to the United States in 2024? Something to keep an eye on. And then we're going to give our World Cup predictions 
for Argentina and France, which, by the way, you can find us if you want to on Sunday at the Kilted Buffalo in Plaza. We're going to be at the Charlotte FC watch party for this uh, World Cup final match. Only, only place to be. We're going to get Danny Brams back. And ultimately, let's let's talk about that to start this, sure. this part of the show, Danny, because you've, um, you've, you've been through, I think, emotionally a lot over the last two weeks, week, really. Yeah. Uh, in regards to the, the untimely death of, of longtime United States soccer writer Grant Wall. Uh, I, I know that this hits you hard, and, and, and I know that you've um, turned the cheek as far as yeah, watching yeah. games. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I obviously love the World Cup, was following this World Cup 2022 very closely, and was running a fantasy game. It was part of our World Cup banter shows. We were doing the shows on the YouTube channel. And since Grant Wall died last week, right after the first day of the round of six, or first day of the quarterfinals, I believe, uh, I have not watched any games. I missed the rest of the quarterfinals. I didn't watch England, France. I didn't watch the semis here uh, with Croatia, Argentina. I didn't watch uh, France, Morocco. And for me, just to explain it a little bit, is just like, I have, I, first off, I'll admit, I immediately suspected foul play, something nefarious. As soon as we got the news of Grant Wall dying earlier last week, it did you know, it wasn't completely out of the realm of possibility considering his brother put out like a video on Instagram saying he suspected foul play, he believed his brother was killed. It was very emotional, news was like flying fast and furious. I saw Qatari YouTubers celebrating this death, you know, and I'm sure they're I'm sure they don't necessarily represent mainstream Qatar, uh, if there is such a thing. Uh, opinion necessarily they could have been like the you know the troll the Charlie Kirk type uh, YouTube trolls things got real yeah. very fast things got real I was pissed I felt like something had happened to Grant he was he, he had questioned their whole issue with uh, gay people in terms of wearing the rainbow shirt he had been writing stories on his blog about like the day before he died he wrote a story called Qatar doesn't care yet again about migrant workers dying building these stadiums and so Everything, so I'll admit that I, I certainly thought there was foul play for the first couple days after it happened. We now know, as things have developed, as autopsies have been done, his wife came out today, in fact, with a, a great interview and a blog post saying nothing nefarious happened. Obviously, as, as much people as were speculating that Qataris killed Grant Wall, other people were throwing out their random-ass, stupid, ridiculous, dumb theories about he died from the COVID vaccine, etc. Like, there's all this nonsense surrounding the guy's death his wife came out today and said there was nothing nefarious he died of a uh, ascending aortic his wife is a doctor by the way his wife is a doctor an infectious disease specialist so like if she's content then i'm content because really that's all like i'm not going to be some crazy person who's out there insisting this guy was killed after his wife said she's more than happy and settled that it was not well she's not more than happy i don't think that's the best way to put it she's uh She's sure. comfortable She's with comfortable the autopsy yeah, yeah. results. She's certainly not happy, yeah. Even now, the brother who originally threw out the idea of uh, him being killed has retracted that statement. So I'm not, you know, I, I, I accept that pretty much at face value. I do think he was in a tough situation. And the whole thing still for me, like, it crystallized this idea I had ever since 2010. I've hinted at it before when Seth Blatter opened the envelope that said Qatar. I just thought this cup never should have happened. I just don't believe in... In the, I don't believe that the culture of Qatar is a valid culture in terms of hating gay people 
and uh, oppressing women. I don't think that's right. I don't agree with it. I think people say, you come to our country, you have to respect our culture. I disagree with that. I think when you open your country to the world, you're the one that actually has to change and be open to other people bringing their culture to you. Uh, I, again, I think Qatar is a fake culture based on oppression. And so that's so all my personal beliefs. I don't, I don't expect anyone to agree with me. You might be listening to me say this and hating me now when you didn't before, and I apologize if that's the case. But this is just for me, like for my conscience. Like I don't think this cup should be happening, and that's why I didn't want to watch anymore. Like whether Grant Wall's death was foul play or not, it just that, the event of it happening kind of crystallized for me that like I didn't really want anything to do with this cup. Now, but we're gonna use football as a force for good this Sunday. We're gonna try. Because you're going to come to this watch party. I'm going to come back. Yeah, I'm going to come back. I haven't watched the last four games. It doesn't mean that you have to be at this watch party and and having eyes on the match the whole time. I think we should connect with the community. I want to go connect with Charlotte. Let's use use the World Cup and and use it in a positive, proactive way. And in the end, like finding the the good inside of a shitstorm of bad is is a positive force in this universe. And that's something I want to be doing in my life, for sure. So... Sorry to be like a soapbox, like moralizer, and I'm certainly not like judging anyone who's loved this cup and didn't care about the politics. That's great, good on you for sure. But like for me, I just got to be for me. It's for my own peace of mind, you know. But I can't wait for to watch the final with you and some Charlotte FC fans on Sunday. It's gonna be great. You never have to apologize for uh, sharing how you feel on this podcast. Just, just always remember that moving forward. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and and number two, um, I think ultimately the best uh, thing that I could say to share my feelings on the off the field controversy at the World Cup is I've seen a lot of 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 takes. I've seen a lot of opinion regarding this World Cup being one of the best World Cups ever. And what I'll say to the people that have that take or that belief is that this is one of the worst World Cups ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you enjoy it because it's the World Cup. Like, I feel like the like I love the World Cup. I have loved it for almost 30 years now, going back to 1994. And I feel like the Qataris stole my joy a little bit, for sure. I feel like they, well, they took something I love away from me. And, but, and, and I'll say yeah. it succinctly yet again, that Qatar didn't deserve the tournament. No. And their country did not deserve a team in the Certainly competition. Certainly not the way they played, yeah. And if you can take one thing, Danny Brands, from this competition, is that the Qatari Football Association, the national team, completely embarrassed itself on the world stage. That's good. And just to not be completely uh, ugly American about it, Grant Wall's not the only journalist who's died during this World Cup. He's actually one of three. A British journalist died right off the bat, uh, November 20th, I believe, and then a Qatari photojournalist died the other day. So it's, it's a little bit of a death cup, unfortunately, and it's just like... We're just trying to find the silver lining at this point. Well, there's been many migrant workers from right. from Bangladesh, right. from Nepal, and from right. that South uh, Asian mm-hmm. part of the world right. that have paid right. the ultimate price for this World Cup to go on. And that's and, why I said you can enjoy the, the, the competition on the field, right. but if you're going to call it the best World Cup ever, I'm going to call your bluff and tell, tell you. you, no, it is not. It's right. not even close to right. that. So, right. um, But... 
Good luck, Leo. Good luck, Leo Messi, getting your World Cup on your resume finally at the end of your career. So we're going sure. to be there and enjoy this competition yeah. with our, our, our soccer family. Who you got, by the way? Family. I, 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 have, I picked Argentina before the World Cup started, and I was very clear. You can, you can see my commentary on The Athletic. Um, I wrote that Argentina, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting them to win with my heart, not my head, mm-hmm. and that it feels right for Messi. Did I think that he would get this far in this club? And this this nation would reach the final, probably not. But I just like I've got this 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 rule. I, it's not a rule. It's just like if I'm being honest with with people that listen to the show, and if you made it this far into the podcast, congratulations! Thanks mm-hmm. for being here. Um, I like to to go with my gut in a lot of situations, and it just felt like this was lining up for Messi to win. That being said, as the tournament continued to grow and evolve. I looked at France and I said they've, they've, they've played the better competition. They look like a more compact team. I like Deschamps, their manager, as a – he put on a masterclass in the semifinal match against Morocco with a, with a squad that was dealing with sickness, with a squad right. that was dealing with injury. Flu bug in training. With a, with a squad that had tired, clearly tired legs. He was missing won- two starters and then – Again, I didn't watch. You watched. You tell me. It looked like he made some masterful subs. Oh. The second goal came from a sub in the same minute that he was put I on the pitch. I know you like that. <laughs> the, 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 biggest, the biggest sort of paradox about you as a soccer fan, John, I'll say, is that A, you you need the full 90. You require the full 90. You need a guy to go the full 90 to really be in your in your pantheon of great players. But also, you love a good sub. You love. You also love a good sub. It's all about just like owning what your role is. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, what can you give me? I need exactly. to know now no before doubt. we kick off, before we get into this. <laughs> yeah. And um, the, the subs and the, the tactical. So I think a lot of people, you're not going to hear this, uh, this analysis, I, I don't think, in a lot of other places. The biggest, if, if you want to see what a tactical masterclass looks like, you put on France-Morocco second half today, and you see what Deschamps did with his squad. Interesting. And there's a, a long spell in that second half, probably for the first 15, 20 minutes, where Morocco just completely had possession and was dictating play. And Deschamps, he needed to do something. And he did. And his decision-making Turam. was fantastic. Marcus Turam came in and dominated, right? Yes. Bringing Olivier Giroud off the pitch and replacing him up top with Mbappe. Mbappe started on the left-hand side on the left wing. And when Drew came out, he was put up on the top, and Love they were it. and they were going basically. In That's a five, tactics. It was a five-four-one. Yeah. Instead yeah. of a. I can just imagine you watching that, just like <laughs> eyes like <laughs> drooling, you know, just like yeah, loving. Yeah, it was great, yeah. and it was just yeah. so easy to see. Like, right. it, like when when you make tactical changes on the pitch, it's not supposed to be like the secret sauce that no one knows. It's not like a trick play in the NFL. It's more like obvious. It's like try to stop it. Yeah, it's like the 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 tactics have changed, yeah. and this is what they yeah. look like now. Right. It's right. like you have to be able to own. the Try package. to adjust, Burhalter. Oh wait. <laughs> Yeah. I have no clue how to do that. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Let's let's throw Jordan Morris on the pitch. Let's see what he can do. Um, so uh, we'll talk more about that next week after the final match. For sure. And we have a World Cup-style competition, potentially, that the U.S. has a chance to be involved in. This is such awesome news. We mentioned earlier yeah. the Copa America might be coming to the United States, which is a South American tournament. Uh, let me say this. If Copa comes to the United States, Charlotte should get a match. 100%. Easily. 
will sell out the upper bowl for that. No, no question. I mean, it could be like Brazil versus the United States. That's like so. Copa America is this tournament that runs in South America, but U.S. has played in it before on a couple of occasions, and due to some like financial complications, all this stuff, it's a, it's due to happen in 2024. This is still a year and a half away, but it's looking like the U.S. is probably going to take over hosting duties from Ecuador, who was originally awarded the tournament. This is a brilliant chance for us to face like Argentina, face Brazil, like ahead of our own hosting of the World Cup with Canada and Mexico. Never going to leave those two out, but <laughs> in our minds, we're hosting. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, just keep an eye on it. Right? There's not much I can add to this conversation. I just wanted to let the audience know that this is out there. This right. is being speculated. Summer of 24 being... could be a major Western Hemisphere tournament. And Messi, who knows? <laughs> he might be uh, taking a break from the inner Miami season at that point to go play in Copa America. If, if the United States, if I'm thinking about, honestly, the next, the, the build-up into the next World Cup in 2026 in North America, if I'm thinking about realistic steps that could make this club an actual contender to make the, the semifinals, to make the finals, to win the World Cup, a dance in the Copa America... Right. Oh, it, it, it's perfect. It's exactly what this fran- it's right. exactly what this 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 franchise. I'm, I'm going to call it franchise. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what it is at this point. Yeah. We got franchise it, players. It's the perfect tournament for our new men's national team head coach to get his feet wet against big time competition. And we'll get we'll sure. get we'll get into or, this. Yeah. On, Maybe on we'll a, have a woman coach on another episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get into this on another episode. But I truthfully think that there's one person that needs to decide whether they're going to coach the men's national team in 2026, and it's not Greg Berhalter. It's Jesse Marsh. Jesse Marsh is is going to be on the market at some point in the next three years because I promise you he will not be at Leeds in three years right. because the way that the English Premier League works right. is on a poor run of form at a place like Leeds. Right. As an American, you get in trouble very, very quickly. Yeah. Bob and, Bradley. And, and Leeds is not making the European competitions. No. Jesse March, his success at Leeds is one thing, staying up. Yeah. And if he can stay up for the next couple of years, you know what? That's fun. But I, you know what? He might need another project besides that. Right. Let's, and know. the job's wide open. We haven't even gotten into the shit show that is Greg Burhalter versus Gio Reyna in this last week. That's We need to do like a Patreon episode for that because yeah. absolute mess. Uh, Burhalter should be absolutely uh, – he should have already been fired for – even if he was quote unquote making off the record comments, he could have kn- he should have known that those could have been leaked. He never should have opened his mouth. And a he the thing that he's admitting to, which is telling Gio before the tournament that you're going to have a limited role, he never should have done that. So a he never should have done it, and b he never should have admitted to it in public. And so c get the fuck out. And where's the new coach? <laughs> Keep an eye on Jesse Marsh. Uh, it, it's going to be his decision. So Claude. That's a whole different conversation. <laughs> it's not the first time Danny Bramps has told me Jurgen Klopp could be United States men's national team manager, and I'm not even going to entertain that on the podcast tonight. Just know that he said it on this podcast tonight. Um, we've got a couple more things we need to get to. Um, the Apple TV launch is coming. I-, I wanted to get your take on this because it seems like as the season's getting closer, there's a lot of bubbling conversation, a lot of discourse about whether this is good for the club or not. And I just wanted to 
as we are two months away, really, from the start of the season. Uh, Ten get weeks. Your, get your take on, on whether this Apple deal is good for the league. I can't wait. It's ultimately great. I saw, uh, I'm going to borrow a take that I saw on Twitter earlier, which was like, oh, if you sign with Apple TV, then you lose the chance for like random tune-ins from people flipping channels. And to that I say, is this the 1980s? Like, give me a break. No one's flipping channels anymore right yeah. now, dude. Like, I, you it's know not I, happening. You, you know yeah. I love to ride a wave. Yeah. I'm not channel surfing. Yeah. Really. Channel surfing <laughs> is not happening in 2022. People are... Uh, distinctly seeking out the content that they want and you need to have a, a centralized home for them to get it if they want it and so I love the Apple TV deal I feel horrible for the fact that half the industry lost their jobs that's unconscionable and I hope well, all what do you mean by half on. the industry well I mean that uh, half the local broadcast teams are going away so like uh those people, like, not, I'm not just talking about commentators. I'm not just talking about the booth. I'm not talking about play-by-play and and, uh, and analysis. I'm talking about producers. I'm talking about camera operators. I'm talking about replay operators. I'm talking about sideline reporters. Like, it's a lot of people that are going to lose their jobs when these local broadcasts go away, and that sucks. Overall, I think it will be better for MLS fandom as a whole, and I hope those people are able to have a nice resume and go get other jobs elsewhere in the industry and, and I'd like to see this industry get bigger you and I both work in media we always want to see this industry get bigger not smaller and the Apple TV deal does represent a shrinking of the a job pool of the industry however I do think it makes it better for the fans and so I'm ultimately in support of it it's definitely something that you're going to hear a lot about in the next two months because when Charlotte FC plays its opening match of the season and people in town want to go watch the game, there's going to be a realization very quickly that it's a package that they need to pay for to see the match rather than turn on WXAN, which right. I enjoyed. I have a digital antenna at my house. And let me just... Let me, They'll let still me... stream on the Charlotte FC website for free? I'm not sure. We don't know We don't know that or not. Yeah. I hope so. No. If you have a season tickets, you have the Apple package for free, though. That's correct. If, you have season t- if you're a season ticket holder, you have the Apple package. I'm talking about home way. matches. Yeah, sure. If you're not going and you're a season ticket, yeah. ho- you're not a season ticket holder, and you're at home and you want to watch the match, there's going to be a lot of people, sure, very early on, that says, "Where do I find this match? Oh, I have to pay for it. I'm not doing that." And I think ultimately that is a realistic concern for people who want to see this club grow. But do you know what I have to say to that? Just win, baby. Just win, baby. This season for Charlotte FC is, is mm-hmm. I promise you, and I'm, I'm going to put it on the record now, it's Wednesday, December 14th. This team is going to make the playoffs in 2020. I will be shocked three. if we don't make the playoffs. We'll both be shocked. With the Copetti signing. And, uh, Copetti, 20-plus goals, by the way. Easy. 20-plus easy? Easy. I'm not willing to go that far, but it is December 14th, and, and you have had a couple IPAs and maybe a Carol Carroll will have 25-plus goals plus assists. Copetti will have 20-plus goals. Charlotte FC legitimately has a chance to make a a, a big jump in, in year two. And what do they say? Sophomore slump or comeback of the year? No. Sophomore sensations, maybe. Just look at what Austin, Austin FC did, and that's the model. We can do it. We're starting from a higher launching pad than they did. They were second to last in the league, if I remember correctly, and they're in expansion season. 
we were one game out of the playoffs. So, are, are we going up or are we to the moon? Going man. down to the moon. Rocket emojis. One thing day. I'll say is it's it's literally just a matter of time until we're all find out. So, with that, drop the a, schedule, MLS, you cowards. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. <laughs> I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Rams. It's been a fantastic episode. Thank you so much for hanging with us to the very end of this episode. If you have hung with us to the very end of the episode, we love you. You're a true TIFOs at that point, for sure. And come out and hang out with us soon. And come out and hang out with us this Sunday. Sunday. At the Kilted... The kilted, uh, kilted. Pla- uh, we're going up to Plaza. What? The, it's the kilted something. <laughs> kilted buffalo. I knew it was an animal. I knew it was a kilted animal. I was thinking yeah. pig, but yeah, yeah. I know the blind pig is in Nota. Kilted buffalo in Plaza. I've never been there. I'm excited to be there. Can't I'll wait. be there some Sunday. Danny Bram says he'll be there. Meet even the though. show. And we're gonna we're gonna enjoy the <laughs> hashtag meet the show. <laughs> <laughs> Until Sunday, as always, for the crown, baby.